0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
2: Welcome back to a Numbers Game here on v Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles, or Parlay, whatever you want to call me is good with me. Stephen Bond is here as well talking Miami Dolphins it's AFC East Day on the program I think the biggest takeaway from the first hour Stephen is that no one is really that close to Buffalo that it's going to take a significant injury in order for Buffalo not to win this division so really the second hour is going to be about all right who's the team to fill the void if that were to happen right, right. because Miami I again the the Tyree kill move is a is a move that you probably got to take advantage within the first two, three years of that deal. Because at some point, Tyree Hill is going to break down. We saw Tyree Kill miss time last year with injury. And then Kansas City, of course, doesn't want to pay him the huge number, which will have AFC West Day We're saving the best division of all time on paper going into the season for last on Thursday. But I'm just curious with Miami, where we we talked about it earlier, we don't know what Mike McDaniel's going to be. And there's just and again, this is this goes for all first time coaches, first time head coaches. And I'm actually even willing to throw Josh McDaniels in there as well. Because Josh McDaniels feels like a completely different coach today than when he had the Denver job over a decade ago. So I'm almost willing to throw him into first time head coach again, even though it's obviously a second time we'll have the Raiders on Thursday. But, Stephen, we we don't know what Mike McDaniel is going to be. And with a quarterback that is as much maligned as Tua has been through his early career, if McDaniel has problems early here, and this schedule, we can show the Miami schedule for everyone at home who's watching on VEASAN.com, the first four weeks, if they lose to New England week one, where, again, they beat New England both times last year, at Baltimore week two, home opener for the Ravens, Buffalo week three, and at Cincinnati on a Thursday night in week four, if they if they lose to New England, 0 4 is in play. And you had an interesting point here that that I, Stephen, that I think is one that we can hit on right now because the win total is at nine or eight and a half, depending on where you're looking. Sure. If they
3: start 0 four that thing's gonna attack well you know Charles I was just thinking this <laughs> I'm terrified of the bills first six weeks right but as right. I look at those four first weeks That's I don't know want to be a Miami fan oh my goodness so this is my question for you and, mm-hmm. and this was an interesting point by Gill Last year, yep. when when Denver started three and zero, their win total got inflated to ten and a half at Correct. some books. And Gil was all over that. I should have been too. I was too early on in in sports betting to really <laughs> understand to take advantage of this. But I do think in season win totals is a really interesting market. market. So if if this happens, right, and it's I, I think it's very likely that the Dolphins go zero and four. If that win total jumps as low as six and a half or God forbid, five and a half. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a place where you would want to, you know, try to jump in and and find maybe regardless of the number.
2: I would have to see what the number is obviously first, but if they start on four, now this could get really weird because if they start on four and two looks bad, there are going to be a lot of noise for Teddy Bridgewater. Be a lot of noise for Teddy. We'll see. I, I would say if, Let's say it's eight and a half right now. And the weird thing with Denver too, Steven, is that adjusted after they beat the giants week one. Yeah. And week two, they had Jacksonville and the jets. It was,
3: it was not great guys.
2: We're we're, going to be favorites in both of these games. And of course they destroyed Jacksonville. They shut out the jets. And then by the way, week four Baltimore on the road in Denver was an awesome betting opportunity where the Ravens were way undervalued and Baltimore got home uh, easily on that. But you look at, you look at the four weeks for Miami, like again, they start 0-4, that's not impossible. My concern would be if it gets really wonky with with two ill-related stuff, which could happen if they start 0-4 and it's the offense is underachieving those first four weeks against. I don't there's no elite. There are Buffalo's the only elite defense in there. Cause Baltimore's defense is good. I don't think they're elite anymore. Cincinnati is good, but not elite. And New England is good, but not elite. So, yeah, a little bit of a tough road for 2 at the beginning of the year. Speaking of New England, let's go there now. Stephen, because the Patriots, this is this is such a weird year going into it for the Patriots because Mac Jones, I Mac Jones was much better than I thought he was going to be last year. I thought there were going to be more growing pains for Mac. And Mac Jones I thought was was good. I thought Mac Jones was a good starter last year. completion percentage, 3,800 yards in a rookie campaign, 22 to 13 on on touchdowns, interceptions. I thought Mac was was consistent. Now, the one concern that I've I've always had with Mac, once he was a starter, I thought, all right, the floor is probably higher than people are giving him credit for. Because I didn't see a scenario where Mac Jones was going to be just a, a total bust. But I did see, all right, Mac Jones could evolve into being this average starter, which is kind of above that last year, slightly above average a year ago. The big question is, what is Mac Jones' ceiling now? I'm not so sure how high that ceiling really is. And you look at New England's roster, it's just one of those Belichickian rosters this year. We're at least on the offensive side of the ball. Skill position wise, you're going into the year with Devontae Parker as your number one wide receiver, probably. Jacoby Myers is a number two. You have Aguilar, I mean, or born the, the draft pick out of Baylor Thornton. Not a lot to write home about at the wide receiver position tight end wise they still have Hunter Henry and John who Smith who by the way John was a huge disappointment to me last year I thought John was going to be great there and he was mediocre running back situation is pretty much the same I would expect Stevenson at some point to actually hop Harris was good I like last Damien, year I like Damian Harris a lot yeah
3: but Stevenson is just a bruiser let me ask you this Jeff yeah my biggest concern I think with this Patriots team is is the loss of Josh McDaniels. I would agree with is, that. Is, uh, that's, that's my question for you, is, is offensively, yes. they obviously haven't given out titles. It's something they've done in the past. There'll
2: but, be no but, titles on either
3: side of the right, ball, by the but way. But not having that that voice you know, for Mac Jones in his second year where we know quarterbacks can regress, not saying that he will, but they can. To me, that would be the biggest concern offensively. Is that your biggest concern for them?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know how it can't be. And you, I'm just going through the skill position, players. It's, it's a very New England roster. They're, they're, but it's without like, there's no Gronk obviously anymore. There's no, there's no Wes
3: Welker. There's right. no guys like that on this roster to me. If Brady's there, it's maybe a little different, right? Uh, like I mean, you, you're look, not look, as concerned. Look, but. look
2: if it's Bra- <laughs> if it's Bra- if Brady was still there, they'd win their 11, 12 games despite having a roster that's like, how was this team winning 11, 12 games? Uh, but but look, I I am I'm with you. I mean, look at the guys who are on that staff now. I mean, Joe Judge could end up being the guy who's calling plays. And that is a little bit a little, a little bit concerning. Now, again, Judge didn't call the plays in New York. Remember that. It's just that his team turned out to be a total disaster by the end of last year. So, I, again, yeah, I, I'm with you. Losing McDaniels is a humongous deal. And for a young quarterback like that, losing a guy that's as important as your offensive coordinator who really did everything in New England with McDaniels, you could, see, you could see a regression. Now, I don't think that regression will be crazy. I think what it could lead to more is that a little less yards per pass attempt and maybe a few more interceptions. That would be the thing. Maybe a little more, I'm going to force it a little more because these play calls are a little too conservative for me. I may not have enough opportunities. That would be my one concern. New England's defense, I mean, New England's defense is pretty similar to what they had last year. Pretty similar. Will they have enough speed in the middle? And Michael Lombardi said it all the time last year. Wasn't enough speed in in, in in the linebacking core for New England. And we saw it got it got exposed in the playoff game. It got exposed by Buffalo. Um, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, Malcolm Malcolm Butler back. Nice nice little
3: reunion there for New England. I didn't uh, expect that to happen. Right? Yeah, it seemed I, like a little, they really surprised in there.
2: Uh, by the way, I like Jalen Mills a lot. I think Jalen Mills is a little bit underrated. But you look for at New England's defense, other than Judon, who for there was a port, portion of last year where I thought Judon was the best defensive player in the NFL for about a three-week street stretch early in the year. Other than that, not much moves the needle. You're kind of relying on Belichick and, and his defensive staff being
3: Belichickian in the end. And this draft, I think, was very Belichickian, right? I mean, it's it's the Cole Strange. It's the Thornton in the second round. Now, these guys are are either – I don't think there's a middle ground. I think they're either busts or these guys are like borderline Hall of Famers. Well, that's kind of
2: how how it works with his draft picks. Right. When when it kind of – when, again, Thornton was a guy who was projected for day three, pick him in day two. Strange was projected for round three, pick him in round one. So – We'll see. What, we'll see what the we'll see the what the brilliance of Belichick is
3: if this team overachieves. I would love to know what his scouting report was on Strange because he obviously sees something yeah, I that so. not a lot of people do. Yeah. So that that's fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I I really want to know what this kid has got. You know, there's not going to be numbers out there for us to really measure this.
2: Looking at New England's schedule real quick, this kind of falls into the category of what the whole AFC East ends up being this year because again. When you cross with the, you're crossing with the two Norths this year, where the the AFC North is not quite the AFC West, but the AFC North is still really good. And if New England loses, let's say New England loses those two road games out of the shoot, I think they'll split. Man, that could be 0-4. Could be. I don't think it will be, but it's in play. Even Detroit Week 5 isn't a gimme anymore. We'll have a little more on New England later on, but... Uh, they're in a category of an eight and a half win total where I would probably look to take a plus money under. A little underachieving for the first time in a long time for the Patriots. But we'll look at them and the Jets a little later. But coming up next, our guy Wes Reynolds. His thoughts on the AFC Easton? and we'll probably mix in some golf because, of course, we will. That's next on a numbers game.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door Cinema Club.
2: Welcome back to a numbers game here on vCIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parle, Stephen Bond here as well. And now with us. Our guy, Wes Reynolds, you see him across the network, long shots, Lombardi line a few days a week, primetime action a few days a week. You, honestly, you see Wes almost on every single show that, uh, that the network has at this point. Wes, good morning. Thanks for uh, for hopping on.
1: Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course. Uh, just uh, before we get to the AFC East, because of course this is AFC East Day on the program, uh, Tony Finau getting it done in Minnesota, Wes.
1: Yeah, he's now a prolific closer, I guess, Tony Finau, (laughs) a prolific winner. He's won two times in one season for the first time in his career. And look, uh, Tony Finau should be that type of player. He's a top 15 to 20 guy in the world. He's a guy that should win a little bit more. Now, you got to give him credit for kind of staying steady Eddie and obviously keeping at least somewhat pace with Scott Piercy, but yeah it was it was an absolute meltdown from Scott Piercy. obviously we watched it it kind of was going to be this uh this boring event as we were going in, I think as I went on the air for the second half of betting across America yesterday with Brady Cannon, I believe Scott Piercy was like minus 700 at bet MGM to go ahead and get this done. He had a four shot lead. He ends up losing by four. You look at the stats for the Sunday round, Scott Piercy lost almost four shots on approach. You're not going to do very well when you lose four shots on approach. And then Tony Finau, Puts it together, gains three and a half strokes with the putter and ends up getting the win. So, you know, a big win for Tony Finau and kind of a rare win this year on the PGA Tour season. Because if you go all the way back to the wraparound schedule in the fall, there's been only three pre-tournament favorites that have gone on to win a tournament. Sam Burns at the Sanderson Farms, John Rahm when he was like nine to two at the uh, Mexico open down in uh, Puerto Barata. And then Tony Finau yesterday, 14 to one. So you get a rare backdoor favorite when a PGA tour event on Sunday.
2: Yeah, no, and it's a good point. You just brought up because obviously my brain went right to Rahm winning the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Mexico open when it was John Rahm and a bunch of guys we haven't seen on tours uh, in a while. And like you said, Finau and uh, Sunjay M were the two, uh, Shorter shots this week, but Finau gets it done. And as you said, Wes, closer Tony Finau now.
1: Maybe maybe he is now. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got a uh, – obviously, he had his whole family there yesterday, a pretty big contingent. So, uh, got to win some money and support that family.
2: Uh, absolutely. Wes, uh, we are 45 days away from the Bills taking on the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Uh, 45 days that can't go quickly enough at this point. But, Wes, just, uh, I, I want to ask you about Buffalo because it is AFC East Day. Are, are we at the point with the Bills where this is truly Super Bowl or bust for them where anything short of at least getting to Glendale is, is seemingly a failure for this season?
1: Well, if you talk to a lot of the bookmakers, especially here in Las Vegas, they're probably going to say from the better standpoint, absolutely, because I've talked to a few bookmakers around town. Uh, One that works just behind you, Chris Andrews at the South Point, talked to the guys at the Westgate, you know, different books, Caesars as well. I think the win is part of this. Uh, They're getting all Buffalo money. And they're getting it fast and they're getting it furious for the Super Bowl. So that's why you obviously see the price so low because everybody remembers that game, that divisional playoff game, which we're going to look at maybe if we don't look at it already five, ten years from now, as kind of a game that may change the league in terms of how teams draft, in terms of how teams do play calling, because of how quick those teams scored, especially into the fourth quarter and into overtime You know, that they were able to just score that quick with that little time on the clock. So it changed the dynamic, certainly how offense, I think, is going to be played going forward in the NFL. But you look Buffalo. I think is the absolute rifle favorite. I know they lose Brian Dable, which which is which is a loss. Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady as the quarterbacks coach do take over the offensive brain trust, but you know Sean McDermott still obviously has a lot of say in what is going to be called Leslie Frazier, a very good reputation as a longtime defensive coordinator. So all the pieces are absolutely there for the Buffalo Bills. I think that they are the justifiable favorite. So I would agree with your assessment. Super Bowl or best?
2: No, it's a, it's a good point on on Dable going as well. Uh, again, I think we're at the point where we think Josh Allen is beyond just a coordinator. But uh, Stephen and I were kind of talking about this earlier that maybe there's this slow start for Josh Allen this year, whether it's a hangover from even though he was brilliant in that game against Kansas City, Buffalo ending up losing that game, or if it's from just the fact that the offensive lines a little bit different or like you said mm-hmm. new play calling this year with Dable in New York. Yeah,
1: and the schedule is not not all that easy even though they're it's now tough favorite. Early, yes. Yeah, they're not, they're now a favorite in that opener at by Stadium. That's that old banner night game because the Rams, of course, got the rings on Thursday in a little party they had for them. But having the Rams and getting Tennessee at home, these Tennessee Buffalo games have been highly competitive the last couple of years. Remember, they lost there down in Nashville on Monday Night Football. Then you got a divisional road game at Miami. Then you go to Baltimore. Then you got Pittsburgh coming in. And you, you know, look, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh beat them last year. And then the defense is really good. And then you go to uh, Kansas cities and then the bye week and then green Bay. So there's not a cupcake on that schedule at all until you get to November.
2: Wes, looking at the rest of this division, if you're going to pick one team to push the bills, who would that team be?
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe by default, it's going to be the Miami dolphins just because, and I'm not like a real believer necessarily of the Miami Dolphins I'm kind of like a holder I'm not a believer nor a disbeliever because I don't know this is one of those teams we always have teams that we're pretty sure on we've done the work on we've got a good read on them Miami is not really one of those teams for me because this team has the potential to be a big surprise or a big disappointment but nevertheless they have added a lot around around two I think they're trying to give him Every chance to succeed down there with what they've added at wide receiver with Tyree Kill, with what they've added in terms of the running back. They've got, I believe, four guys basically competing for the starting job. They have Mike McDaniel, who has come out and said, you know, look, who is my guy. I'm going to ride or die with this guy. It's not like Brian Flores, where he had the quick hook, and he went with momentum. And if Tua was wasn't playing well, in went Fitzmagic a couple years ago. So I think it's probably Miami. I don't necessarily want to kick dirt on New England's grave here, but the one thing that you worry about with the Patriots, that secondary, which had always been such a strength of this team, and they've still got a couple veteran names in that secondary, namely with McCourty, but you look. This secondary is starting to, I think, show its age. And it may really start to show its age this year. You know that uh, J.C. Jackson signed that big deal with the Chargers. You still do have Malcolm Butler. You still have Devin McCourty. But there's a lot of miles on those engines, I think, back in that secondary. So that is at least a little bit of cause of concern. And then also – is New England going to have the Devontae Parker that Devontae Parker was three years ago? If they are, then I think Mac Jones has a legit number one target. But that that's just not a team I'm really sure of right now.
2: Well, and not only that, we don't know what the offensive uh, play calling hierarchy is going to be in New England, which yeah. is a little bit of a problem when you're dealing with a second-year quarterback, Wes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt Patricia, I'm looking at the title. It's Senior Football Advisor is his official title and also the offensive line coach Joe Judge comes in to be the quarterbacks coach so I'm thinking it's going to be a combination we know who's calling the defense even though they don't have an official coordinator that's the head coach that he's going to be calling that defense and we also got to you know see what the what the offensive line is going to be you have David Andrews he got put on the pup list. They've added some young guys. They got the kid Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, which some thought was a reach in terms of the value, but certainly fits a need because that offensive line, which at was, I think did a solid job last year, had to be remade uh, over just a little bit.
2: Wes, uh, we got about a a minute 10 here. The Jets, uh, first half of the schedule is absolutely brutal. But if they make it through it, that's a team that, to me at least, Not yet. Playoffs. That's probably next year, but at least the team that can make you really uncomfortable as this season goes along. If you're trying to win games to push into the postseason of your, their opponents.
1: Yeah. I think if you look at that schedule, there's a chance to finish strong where it's like, okay, there's going to be some optimism there in New York and New Jersey. I think that this team is going to be better. Jeff. I don't know how much it's going to show in the wins and the losses though. And I know that seems like a little bit of a cop out, but I'm certainly not going to lay the five and a half at minus 155 on the over. I would lean a little bit that way, but I do think this team is going to get better. I like what they added in the draft. Look, this is a total rebuild. And you've got essentially a second year quarterback. Who's kind of still a half rookie because he missed half the season, but they have added something. And I think they'll be able to run the ball and I think they'll be able to stop the run. So at least they've got that going for them. Maybe sauce Gardner is going to make a big difference right away in the secondary. That I think is more of the concern for me on the defense than the front seven.
2: No, I I, I would tend to agree with you on that. And again, uh, they did get DJ Reed back there and, we're coming off the year where the Jets had the had the worst defense, especially in the secondary in the NFL, uh, by the numbers. Wes Reynolds, everyone, of course, on the tweets at Wes Reynolds One. Find him across the network. Plenty plenty of opportunities to see Wes this week. Wes, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for getting up early with us.
1: You got it, man. Thank you.
2: Of course, uh, Wes Reynolds. Of course, uh, golf and football. There'll be a lot of that with Wes through the next few months. Jets coming up next here on the Numbers Game. college football betting guide is out now and the pro football betting guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. And our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. So reserve your copy today of the football betting guides, both college and pro, and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a Vsin V-CIN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now. vsin.com slash subscribe. It is a numbers game. I'm Jeff Parles. Stephen Bond here as well. Our guy Paul Sporer is with us in 15. We get his take on the first weekend after the All-Star break and some more vaccination-related issues for teams based out of the state of Missouri going to play in Canada. I, I at risk of 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 melting your dial at home. I do have a take on the news with the Cardinals yesterday that I'm going to hold actually for tomorrow. That's a tease for a whole day, folks. So, we'll, we'll get that uh with uh on the Cardinals who of course no Paul Goldschmidt, no Nor Nolan Arenado north of the border this week cuz neither of them uh are uh eligible because of the vaccination requirements to enter the country of Canada right now, which by the way are the same requirements for anyone who doesn't live in the U S entering the United States right now. All right. It's time for the New York jets right in my wheelhouse bond. Buckle up, buckle up. Let's just start with the schedule before we even get to anything, because this is where it all starts at end for the ends for the jets this year. The first 10 games of this season and the sequencing of it is a mess. The only game, there are two games, and then you could add week 13 and 14 and would add Minnesota and Buffalo into that if you really want. The fatalist in me here, Stephen Bond, could see the Jets starting this season despite having a significantly better roster on paper than they have had in quite a while now. Things go wrong, they could start one and 12 like, it could happen because of how brutal that schedule is. Now, I don't think that will happen. But you look at the way that it starts. The Jets open the season, and we, we've seen this with a few teams. A very weird scheduling quirks in the NFL. Baltimore, who we have tomorrow, is the same way, but verse, vice versa. The Jets' first four weeks are all AFC North games. Baltimore at Cleveland, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Weirdo scheduling. From the NFL, and at Baltimore is the same thing. But the AFC East teams, the first four weeks, we'll have the whole Baltimore preview tomorrow. Miami, week five, you better win that game at home. At Green, at Green Bay, at Denver, New England, the two New England two times in three games. Buffalo at home, the Jets will likely not be favored in a game this year until week twelve. That would be my guess. They could be favored week five against Miami if the Jets out get out to a good start in Miami's 0 and 4, like we documented before. But there is a realistic chance that that could be 0 and 4 v 0 and 4, where someone's season is completely finished after week five. I think 0
3: and 4, you're you're completely done. But no, I, but but I really, get what you're really saying. done. 0-5. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, we're seeing yeah. five and a half on the win total. Yes. Do you see five wins?
2: I do think they get to six. You think they get to six? I, d- okay. I do. I think they might even get to seven. Ooh. The, the, the big thing with this team is if you look on paper, this is actually not a bad, like it's not a good roster, but we have seen some horrible, horrible, horrible rosters for pretty close to a decade for this team now, but they have three legitimate wide receivers now, assuming Garrett Wilson comes in and is able to make an impact and you slide Corey Davis to being your third best wide receiver, potentially that's much better than asking Corey Davis to be your number one wide receiver. When he was healthy last year, I thought he was a massive disappointment. Elijah Moore to me is a legit borderline. Number one, if he develops the way that I think he can. Offensive line is the best it's been in a long time going into a season. Running back core is actually pretty good.
3: Hall and Carter is a nice combination, assuming Hall is good. I was very disappointed to see Brees Hall go to New York.
2: But, but Stephen, as of always with this team, it comes down to the young quarterback on the roster. That we have seen Mark Sanchez, even though he made two AFC title games in his first two years, yep. end up being a bust. Darnold, who I could not have gotten more wrong out of USC, It's like, all right, they finally got the guy. We don't have to worry about this for a long time. Nope, we're actually worrying about it three years later. I don't know what to expect out of Zach Wilson. I could see Zach Wilson being a complete turnover machine, and the Jets lose a lot of games because of it, and they lose close games because of his play. But if he turns for the good, where people like, again, the Jets front office took him with the number two overall pick in an NFL draft. You're not thinking the guy isn't going to be a superstar if you're taking him that high. If he if the flip switches, and there were some glimpses of this at the end of last year. Week 18, notwithstanding, where his whole offensive line was hurt, and everyone on Buffalo's defense was was on him in less than three seconds in week 18. If Zach Wilson is league average, the Jets are going over five and a half. They're going over five and a half if he's league average. They'll probably be six or seven. They'll be in that six and seven. If Zach Wilson is good. Now, this is the weird thing that may seem odd to to you here, Stephen, and to everyone listening at home. The Jets could very easily be at the same sort of win total. If Zach Wilson actually is a little bit better than the league average, because if they start slow and by the end of the year, he's an above average quarterback, they could be too far in the hole. Now the back end of that schedule the last four games, the Jets could win all four of those. Honestly, they could win six of the last seven because Minnesota is idiotic enough that the Jets could go there and win. They aren't winning. They aren't winning at Orchard
3: Park. I can tell you that. That's going to be a tough one.
2: They're not winning week 14 at Buffalo. And so post by, even on New England, I don't think it's impossible. I think they probably will lose in New England, but it's not an impossibility. Defensive-wise. They are much better defensively on paper than they were last year. Secondary was one of the worst in the NFL because they had guys who weren't quite ready to play playing out there uh, in uh, in Brandon Echols and, and Bryce Hall. Those guys are now backups. So if you have to slide those guys in as backups, that's actually not a bad thing because they played a whole season as starters last year. If Saskia use a high pick on Sauce Gardner, number four, you go out and you sign DJ Reed. You're much better at corner. You go out and you sign LaMarcus Joyner. You go out and you sign Jordan Whitehead. You move Ashton Davis and Jason Pinnock, who were asked to play last year. They were not ready to be NFL starting safeties. Of course, Marcus May was God, Was on the team last year, but he was. he's no longer there. He's with the Saints. They're much better in the secondary. Still a question mark, but they at least look like an NFL secondary now. They draft Jermaine Johnson with their third first-round pick last this past draft. I think he has the opportunity to make an immediate impact because, remember, the Jets' pass rush was bad last year. Part of that was because Carl Lawson was hurt, ruptured Achilles in training camp. It was basically non-existent He's for back. most of last year. Correct. He's yeah. back. So I expect those, that pass rush to be a little bit better. Franklin Myers struggled after signing the extension. I don't know how much of that was that he got his money and – took the foot off the gas for a little bit or not. Quinton Williams is un- is underrated now. The pendulum, I think, flipped on him where people thought, oh, he's an underachiever because of how high of a pick he was. I think Quinton Williams has turned into a-, a pretty good player at the NFL level. Linebackers, who how much does CJ Mosley have left in the tank? Who knows? Quinton's brother Quincy was a nice little story last year. I don't know how sustainable that is. But in the end here, Stephen... Five and a half feels right. I would not go over six. I probably would wait to see what happens. Because if they lose week one against Baltimore, they're probably starting one and three at best. Probably. So you may have an opportunity to get a really low number and bang it over. Sure. So So that's
3: using your strategy with Miami on the Jets. Right, right. What is a as a Jets fan, as a Jets backer, what does a successful season feel like? Have to to
2: be playing games that count in December.
3: Think they're ready for that though. Week
2: 15. Look, it could very easily go awry in those week 15 through 18 games, are just playing out the string. But that week 15 game at home against Detroit, it's got to feel like okay. You know what? Maybe they do have to win out to make the playoffs, which would be unlikely. But at least has to be like all right. For someone in it, you
3: got in meaningful ev- football. Life. Yeah, you be, I got to be. I hear you. You can't
2: be eliminated in December. Sure. At the beginning sure. of December, you can be eliminated by the time you play Week 17 at Seattle. Sure. But you can't be eliminated when you're going into December playing Detroit and Jacksonville right away. I think six seven is probably right on paper. The problem is the schedule. That's why it's a no bet on five and a half. And for Zach Wilson, he will be better this year than he was last year. The problem is those gains might come at the end of the year when it doesn't matter. I don't think this is Darnold 2.0, but it could be Andy Dalton 2.0, though. I don't know if I would be happy with that if that ends up being the case. Paul Sporer is coming your way next. We got baseball to talk about with Spore on the flip side on a numbers game.
4: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with Bet Rewards every time you make a wager at betmgm you can earn betmgm rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens planning a trip to vegas you can also convert your betmgm points into mgm rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms and over 20 mgm resorts properties located on the las vegas strip and nationwide BetMGM rewards sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you bet on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER and please gamble responsibly. Back on the numbers game here on VEASAN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. And now with us... From grass sleeper in the bus podcast, our guy Paul Sporer. Let's, uh, Paul. They haven't told me what hat you have today. Let's see what we have. Oh, look at that! Montreal Expos. Expos for our yeah. guy Paul Sporer today.
5: With my foolish baseball t-shirt for those oh, that watch nice. foolish very. baseball. Uh, yeah, so got to go with the Expos hat. Was still one of the cleanest out there, and maybe in Montreal we'll get a team someday if they expand mm. again. Maybe
2: Montreal will get a team again. We get to see those on a daily basis for 162 games uh, for multiple months there, Paul, Uh, Paul, just weekend after the all-star break, always a little bit messy. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of messy this weekend. We saw, uh, we saw more Red Sox having problems with seeing the baseballs and the light, (laughs) <laughs> which a very strange tough. epidemic up in Boston, uh, that game of course was the day where Toronto decided to uh, hang a nice 28th spot. On four the Red Sox.
5: Yeah. Four touchdowns for the, uh,
2: for the Jays. There. Uh, a big day uh, only allowing uh, two rouges there. Uh, the, uh, the blue Jays did, but, but Paul for these three games out of the all-star break, because it seemingly ends up being more overreaction than usual. But yeah. there was one result that I was able to take and say, you know what? I'm going to take something from this. And that was Houston just shutting the door completely, not only on Seattle's win streak, but really just sucking the life out of the Mariners for three straight days where the Mariners were this great story. And Houston was like, you know what? We're going to sweep the Yankees that first day out of the break. And we're going to sweep you right after and to prove our worth you. right again.
5: Yeah, exactly. Like they showed, you know, where they're at with everything right now. And it's it's still at the very very top of, of the scale with the Astros. And, you know, I think what's most impressive is you look at a team here that's not really complete yet. They don't have a single lefty in the bullpen. So, you know, they still need to address that factor so that they have somebody. Again, I keep saying my Tigers are the perfect fit there for, with Andrew Chaffin, Make an easy little trade there. It's not going to return much for the Tigers, but it seems like an obvious move there. But other than that, they get an outfielder as well. And they're pretty, they're pretty set, you know, even with a pretty disjointed outfield, you know, brantley has been out a while. So you got McCormick out there. You got Dubon out there pretty regularly. Uh, two guys just filling in with Tucker, you know, Jose series got in time, Jake Myers. They've had a bunch of guys out there. I think they go to KC for an outfielder, whether it's a Taylor, if he's healthy or Benintendi, or they go to, uh, and they go to the tigers for a lefty. So they go shopping in the central. They get two pieces, and I think they're the favorites even without two pieces. If they add those two things, outfielder and lefty, I, I think uh, they're easily the uh, the favorite right now. The Astros.
2: Well, well, the wild thing is the Yankees have this historic start to the season, and here we are. The Houston Astros are game and a half behind them. Yeah, I, I'm with and you, if- Paul. Even if if the Astros get the one seed in the American League, I'm actually from a betting perspective going to be a little bit upset. Because if the Yankees had home field, let's say we get the Yankee Astro ALCS that we all want. Mm -hmm. If the Yankees have home field, the Yankees are going to be favored
5: in that series. So you take Houston on a better number.
2: Correct. Exactly. And if Houston gets home field, like again, home field doesn't mean much at all in anything at this point. Mm -hmm. But in that series, it would dictate the price. So I'm rooting for Houston to end up one game behind the Yankees get the two seed steamroll, whoever wins that three, six uh, pod and be an underdog against the Yankees. Cause as we've seen, the Yankees needed two ninth inning comebacks in order to win the two games in the Bronx and Houston smoked them in the games in Houston this year.
5: A- absolutely. And you know, I-, I respect what this Yankees team has done. They are one of the best in the league, if, if not the best right now, but still have two months to get to even to get to the playoffs. And that's my only real concern with this team is their age and holding up. It's not the talent. If you can guarantee me this team in October, I understand how they can win and and how strong they can be. But what am I getting? And obviously every team has to go through injuries, but an older team like the Yankees is going to be more susceptible to injuries. So I am kind of curious where they wind up, what they do at the deadline uh, to, to get reinforcements there. But I agree with you on, you know, wanting Houston to be just a little bit down just to get a better number for the playoffs because we know how good they are. This team, they've been awesome. The only thing that took me off of them was uh, me wanting to go for the angels this year. Like I, <laughs> I had them as a, as a world series pick, just desperately hoping for trout, no Otani to get to the playoffs. Other than that, Houston was right there for me as one of the powerhouse teams.
2: Well, Paul, uh, the, the angels did it for six weeks and that was it. It's all over. After they, they gave <laughs> a little
5: taste. They gave a little taste and then they, they they didn't just rug pull. I mean that's different than a rug pull. To to lose 14 and just take yourselves out of everything that was something else by the Angels. They showed that they didn't really want to be part of uh, of this whole contention thing.
2: It, it was very impressive, not in a good way, but it was very no, impressive no. from the Angels. Paul, just looking at the American League Wild Card race, it really does feel like unless if the White Sox get hot and Minnesota is able to keep up, that. The three teams currently in there, even with getting swept this weekend, Seattle, Tampa, and Toronto feel like the three white,
5: right wildcard teams in the American league. I think those two central clubs could have something to say about it. We know how cheap and, and overall lame Cleveland can be at the deadline. So under better management, maybe I'd be more excited about them if they were going to go make a move because I mean, they, they play poor, they play that up all the time. You know, they can't afford to scratch two nickels together. So, you know, I think they're a decent trade away from, from really kind of inserting themselves into this, but I don't know if they're going to do it. So I can't go too hard on Cleveland right now until I see what they do at the break. And then, like you said, the white Sox. I've never believed in the red Sox, So the fact that they've, Mm -hmm. you know, lost five and they kind of put themselves down here. I was just kind of waiting for that. I never believed in this pitching. Uh, The hitting is solid, but that's really it. And then Baltimore, I think they're this year, Seattle, pretty obviously where they're kind of a year early they're fun. They might even have another surge at some point, like in August and kind of get, back in the in the fringes of the race yet again. But I just don't think that they have the horses to compete. I really think they should still trade Jorge Lopez. That doesn't even take them out of contention. They have a deep bullpen. But Baltimore is a, f- a force for the future. Not so much for this year, in my opinion.
2: Paul, what, what, what how do we look at the, the race for the sixth seed in the National League right now? Because the two NL, the two top NLEs teams seem pretty stable in getting in the playoffs in one fashion yeah. or another. The Padres... Got a nice series win at the Mets this week weekend. They seem pretty stable and seem to be willing to make a move at the deadline as well. But then you have the collection of the two central teams, the the, the Phillies, who got swept this weekend, and the mm-hmm. Giants, who got swept this weekend as well. That's where
5: I thought you were going to go, by the way. When you were saying the big impact from the weekend and you went to Houston, I thought you might be going between the separation of the Dodgers and the Giants. because yeah. Uh, You know, it's four games, right? And anytime Mm -hmm. it's a series, it's a single series. And we can take a lot from it. Uh, We can take too much from those. But I thought this one was like a separation here between these two to say, hey, you're not with us anymore. You were with us last year, but if you're going to make the playoffs, you're below us this year, San Francisco, that defense is dreadful. Um, I don't know if it's, it, it's probably just the talent. I don't think it's the switching in and out. I don't want to make too much of like the platooning. If they're good defenders, they can play every other day and still be good defenders. So I don't think it's the platooning that's doing it. I think it's just a bunch of bad defenders being platooned in and out. And that's part of why they're platooned. And, it's just not. It's just not working the same way as it did last year. Their pitching isn't as deep. Uh, we've seen how uh, you know unlucky and and unfortunate things have gone for Cobb. Jacob Junis can't stay healthy. So uh, Rodon and Webb is a good one-two punch. But the offense isn't clicking. The defense is a disaster, and they are really a cut below the Dodgers and the Padres at this point, even though they're only four or five games behind the Padres, I think they're even a cut below them right now with the Giants.
2: Yeah, I think they're, the Dodgers are in different stratosphere right now Absolutely. for anyone in the in the NL. I'm with you on the Giants being a cut below the Padres, and and the Padres are going to get Tatis back at, at some point. Like, Padres are much better. All right, Paul, 30 seconds. Any uh, DFS for today?
5: I'm going to go cheap on pitching. Uh, Jake Rizzi. I don't know what he did, but the schedule gods blessed him. He's ha- he's getting Oakland for the third straight time. Now, <laughs> I don't know if the third straight time they're going to figure some things out. I'm willing to bet against. So I'm going to go Jacoby Rizzi and Aaron Ashby against the Rockies in Milwaukee. There, so two guys that are kind of middle tier guys, hoping to spike big on them, so I can go spend big on offense. Jump into some Dodgers. Jump into Jose Ramirez and go that way with a big offense today.
2: There we go. Those are the DFS plays of the day for Paul. Paul Spore, everyone, on the tweets at Spore, Get him on Twitch as well. Uh, watch him play at MLB The Show late into the night, everyone. Make sure you do that as well. Thanks, Paul. Paul, pleasure as always. Love the hat as always Thank as you. well. Thank we'll you. see you next week. This has been a numbers game here today. The Lombardi Line, coming your way next here on Visa.